Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Luke Switkowski about the impact of the economic downturn on HR teams. Kowski, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Boston area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the economy and the impact of the economic downturn generally, but also specifically as it relates to HR teams and what that means for organizations and their people management approaches uh, in the coming year or two. As we get started, I wanted to share Luke's bio with everybody. With more than a decade of workday experience and as a CEO and co-founder of Cognitive, Luke oversees sales and emerging services and products for Cognitive, most notably Rooster, a candidate scheduling platform that is fully integrated with Workday. Prior to co-founding Cognitive in 2016, Luke spent five years managing the Workday post-production practice at Meteorix, acquired by IBM. He holds a BS from Georgia Tech and has spent time growing up in Europe and in the Midwest and South of the U.S. It's a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? No, just uh, that I've been in consulting all my life, and I guess you could call me a failed computer science major because I never got a programming job after after college. You know, some would say that's a failure because you didn't end up getting a a job in your field of study. Um, I think that's a silly argument, personally. I think, uh, you know, there's lots of transferable and durable skills that we learn, you know, in in whatever we're studying. And as long as we're uh, making a contribution, I think that's what's valuable. So anyways, congrats on all of your success. That's, uh, again, a pleasure to have you. Why don't we just dive on in? And, you know, everyone knows that we've just been dealing these last couple of years with a global pandemic and all the supply chain issues and all the labor force issues and uh, the, 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 the massive amounts of money that has been pumped into the system, you know, a stimulus and to try to keep people afloat. And now we're dealing with a lot of inflation. All of this creates the context in, that we're currently in where, you know, there, there's uh, fear of recession. And depending on who you talk to, some people say we're already in a recession. Other people, you know, try to kind of redefine what recession means and yeah. are saying something a little bit differently. But I, I don't think anyone can argue that we're not in a state of economic downturn um, and slowing, despite a strong labor market. 
right? So that's that's the interesting piece. And that's why some people are saying, no, it's not really a recession because it's a really strong labor market. And anyways, it's it's a, it's a really interesting thing. But the, regardless, the economic downturn is real. It's impacting organizations. They're struggling to find good people. They're struggling to pay uh, and keep up with inflation. They're struggling, you know, with all of all these different things related to, you know, the challenges associated with a downturned economy. So um, what do you think are the biggest things we need to be paying attention to from an HR perspective within our organizations? And, and uh, what does HR generally kind of as a profession think about the current business climate? So I think what's going to happen is, because um, we're already seeing this, you know, if you look at, um, let's say the layoffs that are happening at prominent companies, there's, uh, you know, a post on LinkedIn or in the news every day about, you know, a company, you know, A, B or C laying off its workforce. Um, you sort of get the the general kind of uh, trend of, okay, first the talent acquisition team gets reduced in size, right? And then maybe marketing, right? Kind of the um, the functions that, you know, used to get all these people hired in the door, they're not going to get reduced because um, the, the need is, you know, the projected need is not as high as it was in the past. And I think what that's that's going to do for HR teams, and I look at HR where talent falls under the function of HR as well, is I think we're going to go back a little bit to, let's say the, maybe the, if I can call it the meat and potatoes of HR, where it's going to get refocused on operations, efficient operations, and basically, the you know most efficient way to run an HR practice and uh, team, if you will, uh, as possible. Because um, you know it's 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 when when times are good, then they're really really good, and and it's really easy to you know get initiate a new um, let's say programs or initiatives within the company. Uh, they usually get a lot of support, uh, but then when things start slowing down. Um, you know, everybody, you know, gets their pencils out and say like, okay, can we really continue to afford to do X, Y, and Z, you know, as a company? And so I think um, from an HR perspective specifically, you know, clients are not going to be turning off payroll systems, recruiting systems, or anything like that. But I think some of the impact that you will see is for, let's say, these talent um, applications out there that, uh, let's say, uh, give you the kind of, let's say, the, the extra toppings on top of your you know, a talent acquisition stack Sunday, if you will. Uh, I think those might be, you know, looked at seriously in terms of, okay, are we getting really a return on our investment here? Um, and I think the, the really tough part about it is, you know, HR departments, which are obviously laid, uh, involved in things like uh, layoffs or, or workforce reductions or reorganizations, they're going to look at, you know, their tech stack and it's like, hey, do, you know, do we really need these three systems or, can we reduce the usage of those systems and maybe save uh, a few jobs here and there in exchange? So I think um, from, uh, you know, even like a CHRO perspective, I think the focus will be, you know, uh, operational efficiency kind of first, second, and third. And then I think uh, in addition to that, uh, it's going to be put in the context of um, kind of this this new world of, of you know, semi-remote or, or fully remote as well, uh, because it's, it's, um, it's no longer, you know, one office building with a, with a bunch of people in it. And I'm curious, I mean, how people have 
disagreement about the using the term recession, but do you feel like we're in a recession? Um, are we entering a recession? I think one thing's clear is that it, it's, if it is a recession, it's different than what we typically, some, some aspects of it are a little bit different than what we typically see in a recession. Yep. Anyways, how would you uh, look at it? Um, I think, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe I would not be betting a hundred percent, you know, today to say we're in a recession today, but I think a month from now it'll be confirmed that, that we are in one. So um, I just, to, to me, what I see kind of on the ground, as far as, you know, let's say our business is concerned and just what's happening out there in the workforce is, uh, there's a tremendous, a tremendous amount of contraction happening, whether people realize it immediately or not. Um, and uh, I just don't see that there'll be no consequence from that, right? So it's it would be kind of silly to say like, okay, there's all these companies, you know, um, uh, having uh, reductions in, in workforce. And then, you know, you see an article where like Walmart just basically pulled out, you know, out of billions of dollars of of supplier commitments, right? Because they're reducing costs and and retailers are saying that the the stockpiles of inventory are overflowing right so uh, to kind of ignore that 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 there's going to be nothing to worry about in like three to four weeks um i think is a little foolish so you know um i i think if we're not already you know in a recession we'll definitely be in one but that's not necessarily to say it's like an awful thing because you know the economy goes through recessions all the time um it's maybe a time for optimization. I think probably the biggest impact of probably right now um, that we see, uh, especially, you know, for clients running the Workday system is the most, most, the most critically impacted companies are the ones that were funded by VCs and PE firms, you know, as startups and these, let's say, future unicorn or, or multi-billion dollar companies, right, that they all want them to be. Um the fact that the funding is um, getting scrutinized uh, at a level that it's never been scrutinized before, because before it was really easy to to get a startup funded, um, you know, just a year and a half, two years ago, it, it was, you know, you got a, you could get a term sheet and it seems like, you know, five minutes, depending who you talk to and depending on your network. I think that's going to get scrutinized tremendously today. Um, and, you know, a lot of those companies got, you know, big enough to, you know, purchase something like Workday or Salesforce or whatever. Um, and, you know, the, you know, the fact that they've never been profitable, you know, that, that will come into question at some point, right? Because at some point you run out of cash, uh, you have just so much runway. Um, and so uh, the contraction will probably be the most severe there. And then I think for, you know, established companies, you know, like let's say the Walmart's targets of the world, I think they'll be just fine, just like they've been fine through every other recession. Um, uh, and it won't be as disproportionately impacted as, as uh, let's say the funded companies. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think we're, we're going to be seeing greater and greater impact over time. We don't know exactly what that impact will be, but I, what we typically see in HR is like you said, tightening of the belt. We see yep. re uh, configuring things, questioning what things are actually necessary. I think all of that is actually healthy um, to, to go through periodically because we, we need to prune back things. We need to prune back systems. We need to prune back, you know, policies, practices, and procedures that maybe once served a purpose, but over time they just propagate and you, you end up just burdened under all these things. And so I think all of that needs to happen. It's, it's spurred on by a recession or, or organizations just kind of do it proactively themselves anyways. So in that stamp, from that standpoint, I think it's, it's actually a good healthy thing uh, for organizations to go through that, that sometimes painful, but necessary exercise. Um, I'm wondering what you think about 
you know, the use of technologies, you've referred to the various uh, uh, technological stacks that organizations uh, mm-hmm. use. And we, you know, we might need to reevaluate if those are actually giving us what we need. Um, but technology also is a way to respond to, you know, the downturns and the recession uh, as we find ourselves there, or, you know, what, regardless of what people want to call it. Um, so how, how can technology help us with economic uncertainty, uh, regardless of how we decide to, you know, frame it overall? Yeah, I think I think it can do it in a couple of ways that just come to mind right away. So one is so what technology allows you to do in general is to leverage out a capability or to just leverage yourself to a greater extent and do more than one person can do. Right. So um, a person not using technology is going to be able to do way less than a person using a technology for their job to you know be more efficient in their job. Um, and I, But I think the other benefit of technology is when you are in an unfortunate situation of, you know, reducing a team or whatever, um, technology is what can stay in place and keep your processes in place without, you know, really impacting the overall way you run an HR department or your business because the process are not dependent on the people, right? The process is embedded in a system and the system kind of, let's say, remembers, right, what the process is um, and and therefore the disruption is is maybe you know, it's not fully mitigated, but it's definitely better than, you know, uh, somebody who has, let's say, all the institutional knowledge within themselves, you know, going for another job or whatever. Um, and then you're kind of stuck, right? Uh, coming to kind of dig yourself out of it by kind of redoing everything that they've learned over the time. But and with technology, it allows you to capture that process, right? So if you look at Workday, for example, you know, everything is defined by a business process and Workday, it's just actors and, and initiators of processes. So it doesn't matter who's doing the process, the process is always the same. Um, if you look at, you know, a technology like like we've developed Rooster, which is for interview scheduling, you know, a single coordinator can schedule hundreds, if not thousands of interviews a month. Um, and, you know, it, it requires way less, you know, um, manpower to to execute on that. And then because it's templated and because, the candidate experience is the same. If something happens and that person leaves or they have to be reduced uh, as part of a, a, a reduction in the force or something, then you know everything else stays in place. So the next person coming in um, is going to be able to execute uh, uh, or the remaining individuals are going to be able to execute on the tasks. And then it, it doesn't, it won't have a huge, you know, company-wide impact. And I think that's uh, really, really important. And I think that's one of the things that Frankly, if you look at, let's say, over the last 10 years, this transition to cloud, right? And even if you look at Cognitive's history when it started, the fact that, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Gusto for payroll, but it's a, a, it's a phenomenal system. And if you're starting a company and you're like one to five people, get Gusto, right? I mean, it allows you to do everything remotely. Uh, you set everything up in the system. And if you're a bookkeeper, you know, leaves the company or your accountant's unavailable, um, you don't have to worry about that, right? Because it's all in the system. You can reference it all and and, and continue to use it. So um, I think that's, uh, you know, technology is, is going to be here to stay. Um, and it's going to help, uh, you know, companies kind of get through, let's say, a downturn. Um, but but not all technology, obviously, right? Like, so the, the nice to have technologies, I think will be the ones that, you know, will be looked at you know, very seriously and with a lot of scrutiny. Um, because at the end of the day, why do you buy technology as a company, right? You buy it because you want some kind of positive business impact 
and 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 when when that gets harder and harder to justify, then you have to you know look at things from a, a serious lens, if you will, um, and 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 ask yourself, okay, do I continue to use this specific piece of technology where I'm having a hard time measuring the the positive business impact, um, you know, in a in in the current state of the economy. You've already kind of referred to this a bit, but more explicitly, what should HR leadership, so the CHROs, HR directors over various functional areas, you know, what should we be thinking about and how should we shift our strategic thinking over the next year to two years in response to the economic conditions that we find ourselves in? Well, I think one of the most important things that you have to do kind of constantly, and maybe you double down on this in the, in the short term, is really identify key team members within your organization that are are in critical roles that are, you know, let's say top employees, right? And make sure that everything is being done to take care of them. And then also to have a proper succession plan if something were to happen. And, you know, let's say their name doesn't make it on a spreadsheet because there's a company-wide reduction of whatever, right? Um, I mean, I've seen this happen where, you know, a, a large companies especially they'll say like okay we need to reduce our workforce by five percent and it's done more so by math than anything uh let's say super specific right they'll just say okay we you know each department needs to reduce by x amount of percent well i think one of the i think what you have to have in in place is really almost like a pre-identification of like hey here are key people key roles because what you don't want to do is accidentally you know um, either eliminate a job or let's say shift someone from one department to the next and then find out that, you know, they're the only ones that could do a certain function, right? Um, so I think kind of doubling down on your, let's say, human capital within the world of HR is going to be really important. And I think also keeping an eye on actual inflation and how that's going to impact the merit cycle next year, right? So, you know, every year companies give um, base pay increases, right? And if uh, inflation is super high, um, but you only give like, let's say 1% increases to your employees, then I think that puts you at risk for, um, you know, possible attrition. Um, and I think being, being really close to that process and really focusing on it, um, will be very, very important. It, I mean, it's hard. We don't, we can't, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know exactly what's going to be coming around the corner. We don't know if there's going to be another pandemic, maybe monkeypox right. becomes the next big, you know, who knows. Right. But, uh, but we, we know that something will come around the corner because there's always something. And so we just uh, plan the best we can for uncertainty. Uh, and, and I, I think if we can create a culture of agility and continual learning, you know, then we're probably as an organization can be more resilient and better capable of, uh, you know, responding to whatever the the new circumstance might be and whatever is causing the economic downturn. Yeah. We always go through these cycles. It always happens. I, I mean, you, you can almost guarantee it. And so whether we're going through a recession now or somehow we end up not having the, the, the downturn everyone's expecting and it comes a few years from now, like it's going to happen. It just always happens because economies are cyclical. And so we just have to be prepared regardless of what the reason and the cause of it is. Um, I, oh, I, I think guess I'll I, just add one more thing to that. Just ahead. really yeah. quick. Um, you know, one of the things that the pandemic did in terms of businesses, it accelerated the move to the cloud, right? That's why you saw all these cloud companies really 
you know, growth accelerated all across the board, whether even it's something simple as Zoom, right? Where your 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 move to the cloud is just for video conferencing only, right? But what that's done too is by move by forcing all these companies to go to the cloud because of a remote workforce. I think that move will also help them get through the next couple of years if it does get tough, because they will have systems and they will have you know, systems of record and capabilities from a technology perspective that will let them manage this in a much better way than, again, being dependent on an office where everybody shows up every day. Um, and let's say a lot of cloud-based technology is not used. Um, so it's almost like the pandemic almost like prepped everyone a little bit from a technology perspective for the future uncertainty to your point. Uh, last question as we start to wrap things up. Because of this uncertainty, um, you know, we need to be paying attention, you know, to kind of forecasting and, and, and giving forethought towards what the future might look like that requires reskilling and upskilling and, and just making sure that we have the skills necessary. Um, why is it so important, though, that we continue to hire for uh, to why why do we need to continue to focus on reskilling and upskilling? Why is it still so hard to hire for certain skills despite being you know a really strong labor market? Uh, you know we we talk about there being such low unemployment. There's so many options for 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 people. Yet there's still huge gaps uh, in in certain aspects of the economy. Yeah, I think to that point, you know, the world changes very quickly now, and uh, what was let's say. Um, a hot skill 20 years ago is totally different uh, today. So as new technologies emerge and new industries, right? And you can even look at like the electric car manufacturing industry. It was not even a thing 10 years ago. Now, every car manufacturer is looking for engineers, for programmers, for anybody that had that knows anything about electricity and cars together, right? And it's a whole new industry. Um, and, uh, you know, it's happening kind of all at once. So every... Um, so the reason why kind of upskilling and reskilling is important is that the amount of time that will pass before, let's say, another big industry pops up, I think will continue to, let's say, shrink, right? So it won't be, so it won't be something like, oh, we, you know, we've just invented rail and now trains are going to be a big thing for the next like 50 to 100 years, right? It's, it, those windows will be shorter. So, so, so the reskilling will be more important. But also you have to kind of look at just trends overall and see where industries are going and what makes sense to to do, you know, personally from a from a skills perspective. So um, obviously, you know, if I'm like uh, if let's say I want to get into the automotive industry today, I would not want to work on probably combustion cars because I know that at some point in time those will go away and probably all the interesting things to learn and all the kind of upside in terms of industry growth is probably in electric cars, uh, just even though they are only 5% of the market today, right? Um, it's not gonna be 5% of the market 10 years from now, I can guarantee you that it's gonna be much more than that. So, um, you know, uh, kind of paying attention to that and then just, just understanding that, you know, I guess rightfully or wrongfully, the world is changing at a faster pace. It requires us to adapt a little bit more quickly sometimes too. Good. Very good, Luke. It has been a pleasure talking with you. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I just want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Sure. Um, so uh, you can find me you know, uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, there's only one Luke Spitkowski probably on there. Uh, not a lot of us. Um, you can also email me at Luke, L-U-K-E, at cognitiveinc.com. That's K-O-G-N-I-T-I-V 
inc.com. Um, and, you know, the final word for the day, as far as I'm concerned, is that I think in the end, everything will be okay. Um, I think people will adapt uh, and make the best of, of the uncertain times. And then I, and I wouldn't be surprised if something new and exciting doesn't emerge over the next couple of years that um, we'll be able to look at in a positive way, in a positive light and, and, and not feel down <laughs> so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Luke. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Luke and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.